to another episode of Failing Forward. I'm your host, Steve Hofstetter, and of course, I appreciate you commenting and liking and subscribing. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please share it with your friends. And I'm joined here in studio by someone whose studio I've been in. Uh, this is Cenk Uger, host of The Young Turks. Yes! And uh, I'm very excited to have you here in my home studio, which yeah. is, it's rare. We usually record in, uh, in Studio 71 at Burbank, but you're a busy guy. And so, you know, yeah. we had to we had to plan around your schedule. Uh, first of all, I like your home studio. I feel Thank good you. about it. As you can tell, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, and I love that you've got your name on the wall. I'm thinking of doing this not even for a studio, just at just home. Just at home. Yeah, just like putting my name in random places. I got on an Etsy. I'll let you know who. I'll, okay. I'll give you a link. Okay, good, yeah. good, good. good. <laughs> so I'm psyched to be here. I'm also psyched to see you in a T-shirt because I'm so used to you being like all dressed up in a suit. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What? When people recognize me in the streets, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's I got to give them props because normally I'll also have a baseball cap on, yeah, and I'll have glasses on, and people are like, "Hey, Jang," and I'm like, "Damn, you watch the show!" So yeah, like, they've got to be a big fan for that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Young Turks, obviously a huge political phenomenon, um, has a tremendous audience. It's very interesting because. Media hasn't really figured out, like television media hasn't really figured out how to have a progressive-based political network. MSNBC kind of, um, yeah, but there, yeah, a quarter of the way there, right. But there's there is money to be made in appealing to a different demographic. Like so much of the money made in cable news is Fox News, is yeah. you know that sort of thing. The you know scare people into watching. Yeah. And so it's been very interesting to see you guys develop on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just curious, before we get into the failure part, I want to talk about the success a little bit. Yeah. You know, you guys are huge. We've had uh, Jimmy Dore on the show, uh-huh. um, who, you know, and Ben Glebe, who you uh-huh. know, both have been on, yeah. on your show a bunch. Um, and so I'm curious just to, is this something, did you start this? Yeah, I did. So you had Jimmy on the show, and it still exists. So yeah. nice job. You survived. Yeah, we okay. survived. Well, we haven't aired the episode yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. so, but the time this airs, we'll see whether or not this airs. Okay. Um, I, I love Jimmy. He's a wild man. Uh, so, yes, uh, we started in my living room, uh, and just like this one, actually, but much smaller. Yeah. It was a, a one-bedroom uh, off of Sunset. And, um, and you know, you say there's uh, money to be made there. Not yet, No. Okay. Well, there's, but there's. I've been to the studio. No, there's no, people. Are, people have jobs. I'm partly kidding. So it's it's interesting phenomenon, right? Because uh, now in the old days, uh, if you were successful in media, people thought, well, then that means by definition there's money to be made there. Right. Now it's more bifurcated. Getting an audience is one thing. Making money is another thing. Okay. And, okay. Right. And so that might get more into the failure part of the conversation a little bit later. But in terms of the success. Yeah, it's it's bananas. Uh, so when we started in my living room, I remember once I was on a jog and I thought, I wonder if we'll ever get like a million people to listen to us because back then it was just a radio show, right? Yeah. And and then I remember having the billion view party when we reached a billion views online, and we, we did, did more than a million for anyone listening. Yeah, and and I remember thinking, man, that is unbelievable like i had great ambitions for the show i've I've always been an egomaniac let's just keep it real okay perfect uh i'm just trying really hard to be not a megalomaniac and just keep it at egomaniac right that's you want to set realistic goals that's right that's right and i feel like you don't want to cross that boundary 
Yeah. It gets kind of ugly in the megalomaniac <laughs> world. Um, so, so I had great ambitions. First interview I ever did was with a local Pittsburgh paper about the Young Turks because we yeah. were on there in the, uh, on the radio on the weekends there. And they said, what's your ambition? And I said, global domination. So I've always had that ambition. But if, at that moment when we set up the mics for the first time in the living room, yeah. you told me, are you going to get a billion views? I'd be like, that sounds outrageous. No, I, even I can't say that. Now we're up to 11 billion. Wow. And, uh, and, but yet, uh, for all that wonderful success, and it's real. I mean, they, YouGov did a study. 5% of the country watches the Young Turks every week. Wow. And the top cable news guys are at about 1%. Okay. And another 6% watch regularly. So 11% of the country, one out of 10 people watch the Young Turks regularly. So from an audience perspective, it is beyond my wildest imagination. Yeah. And I have a pretty wild imagination. Uh, from a money perspective, that's a whole different story. Yeah, it's definitely hard to monetize the stuff. And there's, you know, obviously, the, we won't get into the weeds of the ancillary income of, like, if you do live shows or if you do merch or things like that. But I just mean that, like, a bunch of people have jobs because of something you created. Yeah, yeah that, that feels great. Yeah, there's, there's about at least 70 full-time employees when you put in contractors, around 85 or so at the Young Turks. And... And I'm really proud of that, and I'm I'm proud that we have a good work environment uh, where people, you know, such a cliche. Oh, it's like a family. But if you come work at the Young Turks, uh, I think that most people feel that way. Yeah. Uh, they just the other night everybody went bowling together. We did this event the other day where we had a dunk tank, and everybody at the company took a shot at me to dunk me in the tank. And yeah. this and is why you're not making money. You're spending it all on bowling and dunking. <laughs> Damn it, I knew there was something we were doing wrong. <laughs> so, and I've, we've had folks that have worked with us literally for 15 years. And so we grew up together and we're part of each other's lives. And we know and love each other's kids, etc. And that's a hell of a thing. So we, you yeah. know, I, think, I, I hope we add it to their lives. And I feel really good about that. And so this is, I mean, I, I just wanted to give all the listeners and the viewers the history of having an idea and taking it all the way to fruition. And believing, some probably thought you were misguided at the time. <laughs> believing that you, you know, this global domination idea. Yeah. It, you know, at the time, I'm sure to people, I'm sure the reporter thought you were joking. I'm sure, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure you were a little bit, but also yeah. with a touch of truth. And yeah. so the, the idea, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on this, is because, first of all, you're from uh, a different part of the entertainment industry than most of my guests, um, but also because you had an idea, you saw a hole in a market, and you thought, this is something that we should, that we should do, and, and this is going to be huge, and you were right. And so now that we've set the table of how huge it's gotten, I want to talk about when things sucked. I want to talk about something that went wrong, whether it was something you did or something that was done to you. I want to hear your failure. Yeah. Uh, when when I get there, I'll let you know. Uh, okay. I haven't had any yet. No. Yeah, it's, it's been perfect. <laughs> yeah. An absolute yeah. perfect oh, yeah. trajectory. Pristine. And no one's ever said anything negative about what you do either. <laughs> There's never been criticism at all. I just, by the way, just from being on your show, it was amazing to see because... Everyone who who is a rabid listener or viewer of a political show believes that everyone needs to have their 100% the same politics as them. Yep, yep, yep. And so to see 
I don't align with everything you guys believe. How dare you? I align with a lot of it. That's right. There's definitely things that, you know, look, I'm progressive. And there's definitely a lot of things I agree with that you guys say. And then there's some things I don't agree with. And that's what makes for a good debate. And it was very interesting to see some of the feedback where I was getting the same how dare you feedback as I get when Fox forced me to go on Fox and Friends. Yeah. And which, by the way, I did not want to do. Uh, but it was my first show and it was on Fox and I had no choice. It was okay. in my contract. It was horrible. But uh, it was just very interesting to see how uh, how how blinder, uh, like how, how many people wear blinders. That was not a sentence. How many people wear blinders in terms of it's all got to be what I believe in. And that's got to be very difficult for you guys to deal with. Yeah. So there's so many things to address there. First on Fox, I mean, you're right. They, they drive on fear so much. Every day is Halloween in Fox. Yeah. Everybody, boo! Like, yeah. and, and, and that works for them. Uh, but at least they represent the right wing so thoroughly, uh, which I think it goes to the point you were making, which is that MSNBC like dips their toe in progressive waters. Uh, and some might say, no, no, they're kind of knee deep. They got Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes, et cetera. Uh, but they're not neck deep. Uh, they've yeah. got a ton of Republicans, et cetera. And so there was really a... In a, I mean, from a business perspective, a market need. But but when you say you know some uh, doubted when we started, yeah. um, I, I laughed because I mean that's maybe the greatest understatement ever made. Uh, everyone doubted. Well, uh, I mean, Air America collapsed. Yeah, and it's, that was supposed to be the big answer to Fox News. Which, by the way, total side note: went to high school with Chris Hayes. Anyway. Oh really? So, yeah, oh, okay. known him for many years. Yeah, very good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, look. Uh, so there was skepticism on a thousand fronts, and and then after that I'll get to the failures on a thousand fronts. Yeah. Uh, so the skepticism, first of all, is oh you guys don't have any money, and you're in your living room. This is ragtag. This is never going to work, right? Uh, then there's there was the old idea that liberals can't be entertaining. This is what Rush Limbaugh used to say, and he got the whole country to believe it, and the media to repeat it over and over Except again. Except who makes the movies and who makes TV and who make like I know. Sorry, no, I'm, no, I'll, but I'll Steve, shut up. No, no, Steve, that's exactly right, though. And that's, that's what ridiculous. I, I, I was screamed that from the rooftops for the last 17 years that we've been doing the Young Turks. And it's amazing how easily the right wing can manipulate the media to believe things that are preposterous. Yeah. Like, uh, on the one in one sentence, Fox News will say, liberals can't be entertaining, that's why liberal radio doesn't work, liberal uh, talk shows don't work. Uh, and then the very next sentence, they'll be like, Hollywood's all liberal! So wait, which yeah. one is it? <laughs> right? I think the idea that liberals can't be entertaining is like being like athletes can't play football. It's the, <laughs> but that's the well, very nature. Yeah. So Steve, I mean, if you uh, remember in history, there was for a long time they thought blacks couldn't play basketball. Yeah. And 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 I'm not joking. Like this is in in there was a legendary Kentucky team that was all white because most of the teams Adolph were Rupp. right and Adolph Rupp thought us losing to an all-black team, <laughs> preposterous. Blacks can't play basketball. Yeah. So that's kind of how liberals can't do talk shows. That's the most insane thing that anyone's ever said. I like that his name was Adolf. Anyway, so. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Kind of I went fitting. to Columbia where there was Rupp Arena, but it's still, it's, it's uh, yeah, the, hist the history of college basketball and thus early professional basketball is just as preposterous. Yeah, and so then, then Air America started, and then we were actually joined Air America halfway through the broadcast, if you will. Yeah. And and so that actually was a, one of the most wonderful failures in American media history because they, if you look at the people that came out of Air America, it was um, 
a murderer's row of talent. So Rachel Maddow, now number one on cable news. Tom Hartman is number one in liberal radio. Uh, Al Franken, United States Senator. Uh, Mark Marin for a while, number one on podcasts. I don't know if he's still number one. I'm certainly at the top. Yeah. Young Turks, number one in online news. And let alone Sam Cedar and Chuck D. And I mean, it was just stacked with talent. Yeah. But just because you have talent there doesn't mean that management is going to be good as well. That's where the talent was missing. And so then people extrapolated their lack of business acumen as somehow these people cannot do well in the ratings when it's not remotely true, as we saw with Rachel and us and Tom on the radio and yeah. everywhere. Anywhere we went, we crushed it. Almost everyone on Air America had amazing success. So you have to just separate out those two things. So now when it comes to us and our mistakes and failures, which there's been literally thousands of, uh, we kind of built the company on mistakes. So we're so old. We're we're actually the oldest show on the internet. um, That um, when we started doing it, it wasn't called A-B testing. It was called trial and error. And and we tried everything. We put it up on MySpace. We put it up videos on Yahoo Messenger. Like, does that make sense? Can you for even the put younger, that up? For the younger demographic watching, uh, MySpace and Yahoo Messenger were two very popular <laughs> things. Now, um, <laughs> and by the way, I want to hear more of this. I want to hear where, where this goes. To, because especially the idea of something as successful as the Young Turks having failures is fascinating. And the very reason I do this show. Um, and we're going to hear that after the break. Uh, support our sponsors because they support us. They make this show possible. We'll be right back. Back to Failing Forward. I'm here joined by Jank Uger of the Young Turks, creator of the Young Turks, host of the Young Turks, one of the Young Turks. I don't even know. All of those things. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we were uh, when we last left you, we were talking about uh, what a screw up <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> we rejoin our heroes. That's right. So uh, look, I'll give you small examples and large examples. Uh, when we first started, we had a, a table uh, much like this. We had giant radio mics in front of our faces. And we're taping, right? And so people uh, would start sending in comments on YouTube. In the beginning, like, well, of course, we didn't have that many viewers. Yeah. Uh, but, like, a guy would pop on and be like, can you guys move the mics? Right? Yeah, because, it's just blocking your face. Yeah, they're like, we don't mind it blocking Jenk's face. That's <laughs> generally helpful. Ben's face, fine, neutral, whatever. But we had this uh, uh, co-host, Jill Pike, and she was beautiful. And they're like, move the mic! Yeah. Move the mic, you <laughs> idiots! And then, uh, and then somebody else would send in constructive critique, like, hey, they're called lavalier mics. Yeah. And so you should clip them on your jackets. And, and then somebody would suggest a model. And so we kind of built the show together with the audience, but meanwhile making mistakes all along. We did a studio like this, but we forgot lights because we didn't know what we Whoa. were doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So it was just normal lighting that you have in office space. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know. This office looks big enough. Let's start here. Yeah, right? having no idea how to do this, um, so that but that's what led it to be better because then the audience felt involved and part of the show. And I say it all the time: we're not the Young Turks; you're the Young Turks. And they and they did; they built it. I remember one guy walked in one day and he's like, "You guys need uh, a switcher to go between the cameras so you could do it live and you don't have to do it later taped." Yeah, and he's like, "This is a switcher." 
I'm giving it to you for free. Wow. Like, oh my God, that was at least $5,000. Yeah. Because one, they believed in us. Two, nobody else was saying what we were saying. And remember, that's back in 2006 at that point when the guy yeah. walks in with the switcher, right? There's almost nothing on TV that's saying Iraq war is a disaster. Oberman has just started his special comments or maybe didn't even start yet yeah. criticizing Bush, right? Uh, and, and the third thing is they could tell we're not full of shit. They're like, those guys are in an office space and they don't know what they're doing and it's super obvious. Right. <laughs> right? They're like, we like their content, we hate how they do it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, so if we hadn't made those mistakes, we wouldn't be as organic and authentic as we are today and we might not have built the audience uh, that we built. But that so much of that just resonates with me because... When I started my YouTube channel, I had a flip camera. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. That stupid potato camera in the back of the room where every every show would be completely whitewashed. Just everything. You could barely see me. And occasionally there'd be like a table up front. There wasn't even a tripod. You know, you just put, you lean it on a book or something. And then eventually I got this like used $150 Sony Handycam and it just grew and grew and grew, and I kept making mistakes until finally now I record all my shows with 4K, and I record a separate audio feed off the board, and I have a lavalier mic uh, in case. But also what's interesting is I learned a lot of that from feedback, like you're saying you guys got, but then there are also people who give you completely the wrong feedback and then get mad when you don't take it. Of course! That's fascinating to me. The people who, like someone will say... Uh, like, how come you don't have a sound engineer? And I'm like, because I do a different show in a different city every night. How You want to pay $200,000 a year for the cost of that? For the yeah. labor and travel? Are you insane? Yeah. And so you get, you get that also. And part of what makes someone a success is knowing which feedback to take. Yeah. So I, I have a rough rule. Uh, no, it's a pretty hard and fast rule, actually. Uh, you should... Any one person... Are, commenting on YouTube or anywhere online should be ignored. Um, but if 80% of the audience agrees to something, they're almost definitely right. Yeah. Okay. And so what I mean by ignored is I don't ignore the commentary. I probably read it more than anyone else does. And yeah. in the old days, it was actually generally super helpful and wonderful. And even the critiques were constructive. Like they'd catch that we had the wrong edit on a McCain clip. And they'd be like, look, we're progressives. But you actually took McCain out of context there. And then we'd go back and we'd look at it and be like, oh, my God, they're right. Yeah. We took it from a local station in Phoenix, but it turns out they edited it in a way that was unfair to McCain. Right. right? And we'd come back and be like, thank you. Okay, this is what McCain actually said. Here's the full context. And even though we don't agree with him, we got to be fair to the guy. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, but now, and even back then, though, there was, there'd be like one guy who was like maniacal. Yeah. Like, why don't you guys have the same studio as NBC? What are you guys, stupid? Yeah. Like, no, we don't have a billion dollars. No, we're smart, and that's why we didn't mortgage everything in the world to get the same studio as NBC. Yeah, exactly. But I love, and 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 then there's mainly well-meaning people who will say things like, "Hey, God, you know what? I just thought of this. You guys probably didn't think about it. You you should go on Bill Maher." Yeah. And oh, <laughs> oh, that is so. The amount of people who tell me. Like, oh, you should go on SNL, which, first of all, is terrible advice. I'm not a sketch guy. But uh -huh. also, like, the, yeah, yeah, I, I know what that is. 
Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. Oh, you should you should go on Netflix. Be like, that is a thing to tell Netflix. That's not right. me. That's that right. is their decision. Not I'm not sitting here taking a call from Netflix being like, oh, oh no, thank you. I don't think this is yeah. a good idea. Yeah, but they're you know, and they're well meaning because they they, they don't know the industry because it's our industry. They're right. They're you know dentists or whatever, and they're good at that, right? Right. And so yes, uh, we would love Netflix shows. I'd love a show on HBO. They just haven't offered one yet. Yeah. And yes, we do try, etc. And and that goes to other failures that we've had. So our number one pro- problem is the same thing as our number one uh, advantage. And this is true of a lot of people and a lot of companies. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're, our strength is that we're outsiders. And so we don't play the establishment game. We don't play the insider game. We don't sell out for access. We say what's on our mind. We don't pull any punches. And we represent the average guy, right? So we don't represent the, the rich, the elite, the powerful, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that's why people like us. And that's why we've gotten to where we are. But and and that's why there was a hole in the market in the first place because yeah. every other media company is a billion dollar enterprise or a ten or a hundred billion dollar enterprise, so they literally can't think like an outsider. To them, it's a foreign concept and one that sounds silly, ridiculous, right? Right, and so that's what gave us our strength. But when we go to do pitches to get onto mainstream media, because it helps to be on HBO, one more Absolutely. people see you. Two different people see you, and three, um, they have a lot of money. Right. <laughs> right, and there is there is money that comes in that you can then use to expand and do more things. Hundred percent. So why do we? Why would we care about HBO's money? Well, I want to do a show, for example, right now that goes and covers the twenty twenty elections, and from a progressive perspective, which doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah. So like the circus covers it from an establishment point of view, and that's on Showtime. But no one is showing all these progressive heroes that are battling against incumbents and whether they're Democrats or Republicans and they're these giant slayers. And if I had that money back in 2018, I could have covered Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's victory better. We yeah. already did a lot of videos about it, but it's with a shaky camera and it's one person, etc. HBO can bring a crew and do a much better job and get it to more people, et cetera. Yeah. So with that money, I can create better shows with better production values that reach more people. And that makes a giant difference. And it could affect the national conversation, which then gets more publicity to the candidates and helps them win, right? Yeah. So that's why we want to do projects like that. But when we go to talk to those mainstream media guys, it's oil and water. And they just don't get us. Like We're like, look, if you do this show that's badass and irreverent and doesn't give a shit about sponsors. And HBO, they don't care. They don't have advertisers. So they should be into it, right? Right. And that's this. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't get it. No, you know, mm, no, but who's starring in it? I'm like, first of all, that actually doesn't matter that much. But second of all, us, because 10% of the country watches us every week. And they're like, no, but who's starring in it? Yeah, right? like, like, but can Ben Affleck host it? Yeah, like, and and I'm not. I don't mean to throw HBO on our bus. I'm talking about yeah. everyone, right? Yeah, and I, we did not have that specific meeting with HBO, but it's the general reaction that we get. It's and important then, you say that because they're big fans of my channel, so they're, oh, yeah, they're going to be watching this. So HBO, if you're watching, I'm just playing. I'm playing. If Come you're watching, right. you are watching. <laughs> yeah. So if they were watching, I'd be on HBO. But <laughs> the I think a huge lesson from that though is. The lesson to someone who supports art, because 
whatever it is that you're a fan of, support it. Because, especially if it's independent, because that's the only way it survives. And, I mean, this is a, this is a dumb thing, but, like, there was a Thai place near me that I loved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. And I went about once a month. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And then it went out of business. And it struck me that I was like, I should have gone there more. And I don't me? know if I would have made the difference, but maybe if a bunch of us did that, it would have made the difference. And now I don't get to have that food anymore. And so if someone is a fan of, and pe- like people will give me shit when I talk about Patreon and things like that. And they're like, oh, don't you have enough money? And it's like, well, but I'm putting all of that money back into the art that you want to see. Yeah. And the reason I have three 4K cameras is because of Patreon. And it's because people go buy tickets to live shows and it's because people buy the book and et cetera, et cetera. And so the reason you guys exist is because your audience has reached out and said, we're going to support this. 100%. Whether it is giving you a mixer or spending five bucks on Patreon or et cetera. And that is such an important lesson for people who aren't looking to get into a business like this and who aren't looking to be entrepreneur entrepreneurs. That was a weird way to say the word. Um, but who who want to make sure that the media they like, and when I say media, I don't mean reporters. I mean uh, TV, film, etc. Like, go support what you like. Hundred uh, percent. Look, if it wasn't for our members, uh, we would have been out of business a long time ago. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying you should go to tyt.com/slash/join <laughs> to become a member. I'm I just think saying. He's saying it. Uh, so, but a goofy example and a serious example. Uh, I'm right there with you on the restaurants. Uh, so I love yeah. this place called Jerry's Deli in, in L.A. Yeah. And there was one uh, near my house, and it shut down. I nearly cried. I was like, really? no, it was like an old friend. I'm like, what? Yeah. no, I should have gone more. But I went a lot. But I should Then there yeah. was one on Beverly, and that closed down. I was like, oh, no. And in fact, after this, since there's one in the valley, I'm going to go. Yeah, there's one right near here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, of course, uh, because... It's like losing an old friend, and and it's true. Well, that's the thing. If you don't go to it, and enough people don't go to it, it's a business. It's going to yeah. shut down. By and the so, way, as a Jew from New York, I got to take you to a different deli. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you no, can I, like, you I can like what not, you like. It's fine. I'm just kidding. I around. will not uh, brook any uh, dissing of Jerry's. Un- understandable. understandable. Uh, by the way, I had one of the top producers of Seinfeld on my show. Yeah, and I asked them where they went. And after every shoot, they went to Jerry's. So wow. take all right, all right. But that's okay. just because it was named Jerry. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, I, I that's a real right place there to go is some if you're chance. a producer of Seinfeld. Um, but now the serious example. Look, yeah. uh, when I was at MSNBC, um, that water and oil issue came up. And, yeah. and I literally got a speech from the head of MSNBC saying, uh, we're insiders and you got to act like it. I mean, it was unbelievable that he said that. I mean, it yeah. was not that bright to say that to, to a guy like me. Uh, and uh, But I think that he assumed, where are you going to go? You're not going to go anywhere. Right. And yeah. and so and if you are in the cable news business and you're a right winger and you're on Fox News, if Fox News says all the leverage in the world, because if you uh, leave there, you're going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. Same thing with progressives on MSNBC. So they offered to double my salary and put me on the weekends to just like get me to stop bashing Democrats as well, because I'm yeah. a progressive. And I so I I don't care about your party loyalty. Not at all interested in it. Kind of don't like that concept. I care about policy. So if you're in favor of fist pound on that. All right, thank you. So if you're on uh, going towards our policies, then you're on my team, and I'm going to support you a hundred percent. No one will support you more than me, right? But if you're a Democrat and you're against our policies, 
then I'm going to criticize you, right? Yeah. And so MSNBC didn't like that. They kept saying, remember who the home team is. But the reason I bring that up is I people give me credit, some do, some don't, for being able to say no to the big offer that they made me and, and, uh, and not play that ball, not play that game. But the reality is I had the luxury of being able to do that because I can go back to the Young Turks, which we never stopped doing. Right. And I was doing both shows at the same time because it was funded by the audience. And I remember one time another group that I started called Wolfpack. It's to uh, end the corruption in Washington and, and you know uh, and do campaign finance reform. And uh, somebody once got mad at us and threatened our uh, donors. They said, "Oh yeah, what if we, what if we come after your donors?" I was like, "Have at it, Hoss. It's Bob yeah. in Nebraska giving ten bucks a month, right? Like yeah. they don't get it. They think no, it's either big money or nothing. And in the new world, just like you said, Steve, no, that's not true." Yeah. If they if somebody loves your show and they give money to the Patreon, that not only gives you strength, it gives them strength because now they've created leverage for the kind of programming that they like. Yeah. So they don't have to settle for the crap that is fed to them through multi-billion-dollar corporations. Absolutely, and I think the, you know, I the reason I had you on is exactly what we're talking about, which is. People who are watching, listening, you know, et cetera, however you're consuming this, whatever it is you want to do, whether you want to say, hey, I like what the Young Turks does and I want to do something like that, or you say, I hate what the Young Turks does and I want to start a all Trump all the time channel, which not many people who watch my stuff would say that, but uh, whatever it is, or if you say, you know what, I want to start an all bowling and dunk tank channel, whatever the hell it is, the point is, is that... A, you have to dream big enough in order to believe in it. And also, you just have to go do it because you're going to fail on the way. And that's part of it. And so many 100%. people are are hamstringed by this terror of like, well, what happened? Like, okay, last night I did a show and there was a local comic that the producer had given a guest spot to. And she, she was doing 10 minutes and she had only done stand-up twice before. And I'm talking to her before the show, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm a little less nervous this time. And I was like, what are you nervous about? And she's like, oh, well, you know, there are people here. I was like, no one in this room cares about you. I was like, and I don't say that to be mean. I mean, they don't care about me either. They bought tickets to see me, Mm -hmm. and they also don't care about me. They're not going to remember this show. They're not going to care. Go up and fail all you want. It doesn't matter. You're the only one putting this pressure on yourself. Yep. No one else out there cares. They're busy with their own shit. They're busy putting pressure on them. So if you could take that pressure off and just say, hey, I'm going to make something I believe in, then the only person who can tell you no is you. Yeah. So let me jump in with a bunch of cliches. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Let's cliche this up. Yeah. So don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And and you might have heard of uh, that I saying. haven't heard that before. That's great. Yeah. And it's one of the truest things ever said. It, because people, well-meaning people, smart people who like to plan things through, uh, are so worried about getting it right that they never start in the first place. Yeah. So there's actually a really interesting example that no one else knows because it's about Turkey, where they were going to lay pipes underneath the cities of Istanbul and Ankara, uh, for, I think it was for gas, and uh, Istanbul decided they were just going to do it piecemeal. Like, ah, we're going to do this section of town and then that section of town, and then we'll find a way to connect them, etc. And Ankara wanted to make it just perfect and then start it all at once and build it all at once. Ankara never got started 
never built it. Istanbul built it, and it's perfectly good. Okay. Yeah. And because if you're work, if you want to start with the perfect thing, you will never, ever, ever start. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Just so which leads to cliche number two. Jump in. It's going to be okay. I promise you. Even if you fail, it's going to be okay. You have got to get started. And if you get started, you'll figure it out. You can't figure it out until you start. Yeah. Right? There is no thing that tells you ahead of time all the mistakes you're going to make and how to adjust for them. You have to make them, then adjust. Yeah. Right? And so, look, when when you're making those mistakes, it gets to the last cliche. I was talking to a politician or a guy who's not a politician who I think should run for office. And I'm trying to convince him to run because he's actually a great guy, wonderful populist, and could beat one of the top Republicans in the country, okay? Yeah. And I said to him, look, it's kind of a slightly uh, William Wallace kind of speech, and I don't, you know, back to me being an egomaniac, but yeah. uh, but, but seriously. Painting your face blue was a little over the top. Yeah, that's right. You know. But I, I said, dying in your beds many years from now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you have rather entered the race and failed, but know that you gave it a shot and gave it everything you had, or not entered and never found out. Yeah. And and I think that nine out of ten people, maybe eight out of ten people, some people are introverts, etc. It depends on the situation, would say, Yeah, yeah, I guess even if I failed, I'd rather have given it a shot and failed than not know and never tried. Yeah. I so one of the things that you were saying is, you know, about the idea of you don't know what's gonna go wrong. So um, I used to own a comedy club in New York, and on the first night that we opened, I was hosting, and I said, I look forward to finding out what's going to go wrong tonight. Yep. Because I was like, I don't know, but something will happen. And whether it is, you know, whether it's the POS system not ringing a drink correctly, or whether it's us realizing that, you know what, that was not quite enough room for a server to get to that table. And, you know, that something was going to go wrong, and the only way for us to fix it is to see what it is. And the advice you gave about don't what what's the exact phrase that don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good? Yes. I love that because I have seen comics who, for instance, the Laugh Factory wanted to use one of my clips. And it was material that I really wanted to do on like a late night show. And it's not like I had eight late night shows asking me for a set. I thought, oh, this material is good enough to maybe get a late night spot. And so Laugh Factory reaches out, and they have an enormous channel. And they were like, we want to feature this clip. And at first I was like, oh, that's my gold. You can't have my gold. And then I thought about it, and I go, wait a second. Either it won't work and no one will see it, and then what's the problem? Or it will work, everybody will see it, and then I can do what I want. So absolutely you can have it. And I gave it to them, and a quarter million people saw the clip, and that led to many other things. Bingo. I and I I was trying to hold for this perfect situation and I realized that no, this situation's plenty good enough. And that's something that I hope that, you know, the people will be able to do. I could talk to you about this stuff forever. Um Jank, obviously there's a million places that they could see you. The main thing is the young Turks, but let the audience know. Yeah. So tyt.com is as in the young Turks, tyt.com. That's the main place you can get all of our shows, different clips, t- test it out, see if you like it. We're live 6 to 9 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, and so you can see that on tyt.com slash live. Uh, and then obviously on youtube.com slash tyt and uh, facebook.com slash the Young Turks. 
So we're on all the platforms, Hulu, Roku, Pluto, Zumo. If you have any of those, uh, YouTube TV, just type in The Young Turks or TYT uh, and you'll get us. And if you're a fan of mine, you can see the clips from when I was on the show. Um, and also, even if you don't agree with the, with the politics of The Young Turks, it's an education in do-it-yourself. It, it is an absolute education in starting something and seeing it to fruition. So whether or not you agree, it's still worth checking out. Yeah, and last thing on that, guys, is that I, I couldn't agree more with Steve on, you don't have to agree with us, as I, I care more about democracy than winning on my issues. I care yeah. more about uh, empowering the audience and being giving voice to the outsiders than winning on progressive issues. And I care deeply about winning on progressive issues. So I, I want you to be empowered, and I think that you'll find your own path. Uh, and I, So we'll end on another cliche. you got to believe in yourself, because if you don't believe in you, nobody else is going to. And so you just jump in there, and if you're not okay with losing, you're never going to be ready to win. Yeah. You've got to accept that it's okay if I lose so that you can actually get in the game and be ready to win. I know, and I'll tell you, last thing. I, when I was played sports, I choked. I, I used to be a choker in high school, okay? So that's why people say, oh, that's not a thing. No, I know it's a thing. It, it used to happen to me. I would get too nervous about losing. Yeah. And that would prevent me from winning. And I remember the day that I got past it. And from then on, I played so much better because I wasn't playing with fear. Yeah. And that is, you know, as a huge sports fan myself, you know, there's that... Uh, there's that old saying with baseball, which is, you know, 300 is Hall of Fame. 30% of the time is Hall of Fame. That's right. So that's how it works. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching, for uh, listening, for rating, for subscribing, for liking, for sharing, for doing all of that stuff. Uh, join us again next week for another episode of Felling Forward.